0: Hey, Alex. Hey, Tom. Did you have a long week at work?
1: I had a very long week at work.
0: Do you want to vent about it? Absolutely. (laughs) Then let's do it. Hey there, guys. It's Thomas.
1: And I'm Alex. Third time's the charm.
0: Yeah, and this is Movies After Work. Yes, for once we have edited out the multiple times that we've tried to start this episode. And we can't even blame anyone else. It's just us. Just, no, no. Just, just. I, it's just, I, I can't. Thought
1: it was cold. We should have cut
0: it in. Yeah, we 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 can't even blame. You know, I can't blame pets. I can't blame a kid. No, just me. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So guys, um, in keeping with the kind of craziness that this show represents of being uh, full time dads and having full time jobs uh that inspires the the craziness of this show we are uh we we are had to today come up with a whole new idea for an episode uh because the craziness of our weeks resulted in us picking a movie at the last minute and only one of us being able to watch it so yeah instead we decided with uh how rough a week i know you had alex and um the semi rough week that i had we are uh we're doing another top five a little therapeutic yeah. one for us it's uh <laughs> top five uh terrible movie workplaces
1: yeah i, I think that's
0: fair yeah i th- it's I, I think i think this is gonna be fun you
1: know i um uh... We, we were kind of trying to hammer out a, a guideline, and I I don't know. I think mine kind of are – it's either a table, terrible place to work or the f- people in the film are terrible people or they work for terrible people. I my, Mine was pretty broad, um, and I think there's only one that I'm, I'm really stretching on. Uh, but, yeah, this is just a chance for me to talk about some movies that I really like, and maybe I can – uh, I don't know, relate to on some level of not enjoying your job or feeling like sometimes it's really fucking tough. So um, I hope this is therapeutic for us and enjoyable for the people listening. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I I didn't necessarily need to like the movie. So not all of the movies that I have selected are uh, movies that I think are any good. Yeah, um, that's fair. And uh, yeah, I basically just, if it was a work environment that would make you uh, get out your phone and open up your Indeed app, uh, then... <laughs> it, you know, if it would make you do that, it was on my list. And I had... I I had almost 20. Uh, oh, wow. Going through... Because, I, I mean, I literally... It's the danger of having Letterboxd. I just sit there and go through every single film I've ever watched and just go, okay, that's an option. That's an option. That's an option. Yeah. That's an option. And I just keep doing that. <laughs> um, so... But, you know, before we, uh, before we dive into that, there's actually trailers, some exciting yeah. trailers to talk about this week. It almost never happens anymore in this, uh, COVID day and age. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, first we got a look at Disney's movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. mm mm-hmm. Um, this looks pretty badass.
1: I... I'm having a really hard time being interested in this.
0: Okay. Um, the, okay. I, let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. um, Let me. Let, l- I'll. Cr- I'll correct myself. The stuff of Rhea mm-hmm. flying solo as a warrior is
1: badass. Yeah. I, I the, think she's undoubtedly going to be the most interesting part of this film.
0: Yes. Aquafina doing Eddie Murphy in Mulan looks like it will either be well done or exhausting. Yeah. I uh, just... That, that's my only concern. The rest of it looks great. Benedict Wong is going to... I guarantee you he's going to be one of the best parts of the movie because he's a, just phenomenal. Um, I, yeah. So... I mean, my here's my only issue, and and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but is there there seems to be a mandate in Hollywood that I really want to end that if you are really committing to focusing on a culture, nine times out of ten you are going to put hip hop music in your trailer. Instead of appropriate to the movie music. Like if this movie was about, for lack of a nice way to put it, if this movie was about white people, like, you know, the great Panda adventure for people that remember that movie shit like that, it would have had like sweeping epic, you know, Hans Zimmer, John Williams, whatever style music. You know, it would have had a sweeping score that made you feel, oh, this is going to be exciting, this is going to be adventurous. But for this trailer, instead of getting some really great music to maybe give us an idea of what the score was going to be like, or to help us get kind of in the the zone of the movie, instead we got this hip-hop song. Yeah. So it always feels feels very much like the movie taking your hand and going, come here, white people. Well... (laughs) we're going to, we're going to make this transition as comfortable as possible. We,
1: we know you love childish Gambino. Come on.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, that was, you know, maybe a part of it. I, w- I would like to see, you know, hear something that would be more traditional and, um, something that does inform the film a little bit more and form what we're go- going to get to hear. Um, but I just, these trailers have not been particularly compelling for me. Um, and the more that I see that it's s- sort of maybe uh, an ensemble cast, um, the less interested I get. Um, I, I do like the parts with Rhea. I think she's going to be an interesting, compelling uh, character, uh, just because, you know, Disney's relatively good at that sort of thing. Um, but I also thought it was weird that they used the same sort of Zootopia, the baby's a con man
0: (laughs) bit in the the trailer. Um,
1: and, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's obviously not, I'm not familiar with the source material or the, um, sort of region or mythology they're basing this on. Um, and I'm interested to. Learn more about it and, and see the film. Um, I also just wonder though if this film is going to not perform exceptionally exceptionally well because they are asking for that you know premiere access that they asked for with Mulan, um, where Mulan was a you know somewhat proven IP. Uh, people were excited for that uh, live action adaptation where this is a You know, this is an untested, unknown property, so... Well, see, I... um, I'm interested to see what it looks like.
0: I think people are going to be more excited for this than Mulan, because by the time Mulan came out, there was so much controversy around it. Plus, it was Mm -hmm. the guinea pig of the whole Premiere Access thing. Whereas with this movie, this is an original Disney animated property, which is where they shine. Yeah. You know, it's where they shine, you know, despite the fact that they're... they managed to sidestep some controversy with the um, the abrupt and still unknown reason of changing the voice casting of the title character. Um, you've got Kelly Marie Tran, who is far better an actress than the Star Wars franchise gave her a chance to yeah. show. Uh, it, you know, it's got. Gemma Chan, who's an awesome Aquafina, who, you know, we know she can deliver the goods because of movies like The Farewell. Um, you've got Daniel Day Kim in the movie, Sandra O, oh, Benedict Wong, um you know, that group alone is fantastic. You've got um, you know, this is not a script written by white people about their their best approximation of what this culture is like yeah. based off of watching movies um, yeah honestly the only bummer is that while he does great scores they went with James Newton Howard for the the score instead of getting someone that could give us a, a culturally appropriate. I feel like I'm saying that too much. Like I'm British and about to invade a country. Um, (laughs) But something more culturally appropriate, something that, um, that has, has the heart and soul of that, of, of that ancestry to it. Uh, So I'm, I'm sad that we're not getting that with the, with this movie, but, um, but between the, the script and the cast, it, it still to me is something to be excited about. Yeah, um, I, I
1: do think that people will be excited for a new Disney film um, available to them on Disney+. I just, I, I wonder if consumers, and, you know, this might be an old way of thinking because I think consumers are much smarter nowadays. Um, they're more tapped into when things are being released and what they cost and what they need to do to access them. But I do think there is a subsect of people who have Disney+, Plus who are like, well, I paid thirty dollars for Mulan, and I got sold for free. So why am I now going to pay for for this thing? But I mean, either way, I think it's I think it's still going to do pretty all right for
0: them. Yeah, I mean, this is a movie. I you know, you tell me it's from the makers of Frozen. I'm not that excited. You tell me it's from the makers of Mulan. <laughs> I'm a little more excited. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously it's Disney, so no one you know, unless you're getting an identical crew top to bottom yeah. you're not getting similar movies uh pretty much ever which is nice but yeah. um you know we'll see it's the sort of movie that I wish I'd be watching in theaters mm-hmm. realistically by that point um people more you know will will have hit a, another couple of highest death days on record by that point yeah. so I won't really be going to the movie theater um,
1: no, absolutely
0: not. Sometimes, sometimes I want to call my movie theater and go. Honestly, is anybody like coming and in the theaters? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you get you get something like our movie theater has promising young woman. I mm-hmm. am dying to see that film. It looks oh, amazing. It yeah. looks like my friends and I were discussing, you know, the awards season, and while I. I, I have a little bit of a hatred for the whole award season f- world. Um, we were, we were discussing the whole, like what's, what's going to get nominated? What isn't you know, that kind of stuff? And, you know, I, I do think at the end of the day, the best actress category really is between, um, Ma Rainey and, um, Nomad land, but mm-hmm. I think yeah. if the Oscars are smart, promising, you know, promising young woman's going to be it's going to be in there as a contender, as a legitimate contender. Yeah. Uh, but we'll have yeah. to wait and see just how brave the Oscars are. Um, uh, which usually the answer is they're not very brave, they're a bunch of <laughs> piss scared white people. Um, <laughs> I live in a small town and I've been dealing with a bunch of old people that don't believe in wearing masks wherever I go. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to lie. I legitimately kind of hate white people right now. I'm just going to be completely <laughs> honest. Like, yeah, it's, it's just where yeah. I am. <laughs> um, no, I, no, I,
1: I don't, <laughs> I don't blame
0: you, but you know, moving on to other reasons to hate white people, Godzilla versus Kong got a new trailer. <laughs>
1: You see, I was waiting for you to uh, continue talking about the theater because I was going to say... Now, speaking of a movie they really want you to see in theaters that's not going to make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> Kong, Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, this is just... I mean, did you see uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters?
0: I still need to watch it. I'm going to. Okay. I just haven't it.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's not going to enrich your life in any no. way. Well, I but know that. I
0: That's why I haven't made that much of an effort. <laughs> I think it is...
1: I mean, I really was not a huge fan of the human element of that film. There, I mean, there's not a lot of things in that film I was a huge fan of. But it really seems to be taking a lot of the cast and just a lot of the elements that I didn't love about that film and bringing it into this one. Um, I mean, Godzilla has been painted as the good guy and the savior from these other, um, you know, Titans or whatever Mm -hmm. in the, in the previous two films. And now he's being painted as the villain here. And uh, I mean, I've already good. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I mean, if he's, if the, if the big twist is some, you know, human c- corporation is, is controlling him in some way, shape or form, I just think that's going to be a real anticlimactic sort of conclusion. And I, uh, you know, this is, this is typical of the Batman versus Superman, Godzilla versus Kong, you know, who's faster, Superman or the Flash, you kind of have to, you have to end these films in some sort of a tie or also fan base is pissed off and you can't continue a franchise. So I just, yeah. I don't understand the, the, why we should be excited for this film.
0: Well, I forget exact what the line is exactly, but there was, there was some line about the fact that, I mean, it, it might not have been this line exactly, but it was borderline on, you know, it's like Godzilla's trying to protect something or, or something along those. There was some line mm-hmm. that as soon as they said it in the movie, I went, oh, shit. We've got Godzilla Jr. Might just be an egg in this movie, but son of Godzilla, he he is here. We We have introduced him. We don't, I mean, uh. the reality is we don't really have that much left to throw out there when, you know, they throw out all the big guys in King of the Monsters. You know, yeah. they throw out all the popular ones with the exception of Mecha Godzilla, because you have to deal with King Rodan first. Um yeah. and everyone doesn't realize that the sea creature from Godzilla versus the sea creature is one of the best ones ever. There people just don't understand and they're jackasses for it. Um <laughs> That's my favorite Godzilla movie, hands down, no question. Mm. It's on HBO Max. Watch it, people. It's literally the the best handling of humans in a Godzilla movie, in my opinion. Um, but I digress. I'm very nerd ranty right now. I, I clearly um, <laughs> this this movie just kind of looks overly ridiculous. The the fact that we're mm-hmm. giving Kong an axe that can absorb this nuclear blast, yeah and then yeah, we're trying to we're trying to act like this is some like ancient fight and it's like no it's not because caveman when he found the monolith did not turn it into a nuclear bomb <laughs> you know <laughs> there yeah. there is no point while it would have made the good dinosaur better there is no point where dinosaurs <laughs> made a nuclear bomb so an, an axe that can handle this because it's what it was meant for is a load of fuck you. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, the fact that they had to scale him up, scale Kong up to to three times what he was in, um, you know, Kong Skull Island, and yeah. you know that movie is uh, the garbage truck on fire as well. Um, it's I mean it's it's literally one of the Best mishandlings of an, a fucking stellar cast. You put John Goodman, Samuel Jackson, John C. Riley, t- Tom Hiddleston, and Brie Larson together and can't make that fucking film interesting.
0: Show Shea, wig him. Don't forget him.
1: i mean, There's too many to there's, name. Basically, I mean, everyone. Literally everyone. All Star.
0: <laughs> literally everyone in the movie. Even frickin' Sh- evil Sean from The Good Place is in that movie. Um, no, the Kong skull Island is the best produced sci-fi channel original movie that we've ever oh, got.
1: That is perfect. That, that is, is a perfect approximation. of That, that is
0: exactly what it is. Cause there are some legitimately clever moments.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I will say, you know exactly which characters are going to die in that movie. You mm-hmm. did not know they were going to die that way though. That is, that is the thing I will give Kong Skull Island. You know who's dying. You did not see it happening that way, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. saying like I mean, I can, I can literally, literally, if the movie just says, because I think we even suggested that he wasn't full grown, a full-grown adult in Kong Skull Island. So if you literally yeah. just say this is how big he gets when he's, full, when he's all grown up, fine. I'll buy it. Yeah. um you know i'm pretty sure there were some some handprints on skull island that were far bigger than his hands you know it mm-hmm. they they gave themselves the basic wiggle room of time yeah to be able to get away with that kind of stuff what they did not do very well for for this though was set up a an existing under, th- like, an existing thread. Like, yeah. I guarantee you, the people in charge of making these films, as soon as they heard people going, hey, char you know, Charles, I'm totally spacing on his name, old British dude in Godzilla King of the Monsters, He's older Tom Hiddleston who became part of this (laughs) secret society. I guarantee you they went, oh shit. Yeah, that's what we should have done. (laughs) So there was continuity and all that. Um, Uh It would have been like if, you know, we had had um, Captain Marvel come first, establish S.H.I.E.L.D., and then the next movie is you know, the next movie is Thor and all of a sudden we're dealing with sword. Yeah. And we're just like, wait, what the, why you could have tied those, you could have tied shield into both of them and it would have been amazing. It's, it's that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but I mean, you're never going to beat how they finish off the original King Kong versus Godzilla. It just ends too too fantastic. Basically I
1: refresh my memory.
0: Basically, yeah. the way that movie ends, and literally, literally, this is like the last five minutes of the movie. Godzilla gets bitch blocked off of a cliff, plummets, <laughs> hits the water. Kong is just standing there looking down, feeling triumphant. Godzilla pokes his head up out of the water because he's just fine, looks up at him, yells at him, turns around. Walks off in the other direction. Like, he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Bye, Felicia. I'm done. (laughs) Like, the movie literally ends with Godzilla going, you know what? Fuck it. I'm... Yeah. This is not worth it. (laughs) You're not even... You're... You're You're bar... We are borrowing you for my franchise, asshole. I don't have to put up with this shit. I'll be in my trailer. That's... Like... How do you top that? How do you? We'll see. It's so perfect to just have them be Mm. like, you know what? Fuck it. We're done. And then credits. (laughs) It's literally, (laughs) it's literally Godzilla wading off into the sun, into the sunset in the water and credits. Yeah. You know, it's just too damn good. Um, but no, I literally, to me, this, it's exactly what I, what I said on Twitter when this trailer got released. This is the 97 Godzilla mixed with if Pacific Pacific Rim, it had no self-awareness. Yeah. That's what this movie is. It's those two things combined. Mm -hmm. Like there is someone in this movie, especially since we have like. Teen, like, we have, you know, like, the frickin' Boxcar Children Sleuth Club, led by Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Um, one of those kids, his entire job is going to be stating the obvious as a comedic device. <laughs> like, that's a big monkey butt! <laughs> like, well, How big we'll
1: get to discuss it. Those are big of, uh... bananas!
0: He's got to eat really big bananas to stay fed. Where do you find such big bananas? And literally, while he's discussing how you find bananas big enough to feed King Kong, my immediate response is going to be, if we do not cut to the fact that they're staring at King Kong's just swinging dick, and that's what's inspiring him to think this, they failed me. They have failed me, and I'm done with them.
1: I can already say that's <laughs> fairly unlikely.
0: Yeah. So, guys, if you're
1: still listening,
0: let's just put it that way. It's not even if you're enjoying this conversation, because if you're not, you're not listening anymore.
1: No. no.
0: Um, we are, our plan for March is to make March um, the movie Monster March. Uh, each week's episode is going to be us doing a different monster movie. Uh, we're still fine fi- fine tuning exactly which movies are going to be included, but the big finale for the the month, which technically now is going to take place in April, is we're going to do Godzilla vs. Kong. is the f- is going to be the finale. We're going to do Godzilla yep. vs. Kong uh, and discuss that. It's going to be. A lot of fun. I, I'm already guessing. I'm already. Yeah. I'm already predicting that the the watching the movie experience for me is going to be me sitting sitting here, hitting myself in the head with my notepad.
1: <laughs> in, in every five minutes when they do something. Um, if but, you guys want us to discuss um, Godzilla, King of Monsters, King of the Monsters. Uh, you have to tweet at us and and let us know because I will not willingly watch that film again. Yeah. If I know that Tom is suffering through it, I absolutely will watch this film again.
0: Oh, oh, I fully fully intend, even if we're not doing it, I fully intend to suffer through it before watching this one. Just so that way, because I don't want at any point, I don't want to feel like I've figured out some brilliant piece of bullshit about the movie and then have you go, oh no, they explained that in the last movie and go, well, fuck.
1: No, you're gonna watch it on March 30th, right before you watch Godzilla versus Kong, and you're like, "Fuck it, we gotta push back all of the Godzilla versus Kong for a week because we need to talk about this bullshit." <laughs> Fair warning, we will both be angrier than I was talking about the good dinosaur. Yeah. Fair warning.
0: There's, there's probably going to be a lot of anger. But yeah, guys, uh, since we're still fine, uh, we're, we're still locking in which monster movies we're going to be doing exactly. and we're I mean, we want to be doing, you know, big, you know, if we're ending it with Godzilla vs. Kong, we don't want to be doing dinky little monsters. We want to be doing big monsters in, in these movies. So if you've got an idea for uh, a movie that you want to see us do. If you want to see us do something like clash of the Titans or if you want to see us do, Oh yeah. Um, if you want to see us do a, you know, maybe an old Godzilla movie. If you want to see us do Norbit, uh, if you want to see us do any of these movies, I, was, I, I have an idea. I was legitimately wondering if you were going to catch me saying that.
1: Um, we we finally finished uh, Pacific Rim uprising. no, We talk about that. I like the assertion.
0: I'm pretty sure no one has that as streaming because nobody wants it. And I'm sure as fuck not giving that movie any more of my money. (laughs) I will not spend money to rent a movie that I couldn't sit and finish in a theater. Yeah, absolutely. Almost never happens. I've I have sat through some shit. I sat through that Josh Hartnett Black Dahlia movie. If I could If I could sit through that, if I had to, anything I walk out on is fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, but with that, guys, we've gotten ourselves riled up. We've gotten ourselves in in the shape of mind to be uh, to be pissed off, and you know because of uh, the way of the world, and because of. Uh, You know, we want to keep our jobs. We want to be able to feed our kids. We can't really rant about our jobs because we can't really let you know where we work. Um, Yeah. We can, in casual conversation with some people, tell them or give them a general idea. But obviously on the show, we can never actually specifically state where we work. So we're going to talk about some other shittier places to work. (laughs) So with that being said, let's. these are our top five. um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm I, the 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 only big thing that I gave myself just because I almost did it, and then I was like, you know what, this is this might be a little too inappropriate or just too easy. So none of the none of the workplaces slash movies that I have selected are based on real
1: life. Okay, like
0: there, you know. So I didn't, you know, I didn't pick workplaces, uh, you know, I didn't pick movies that are about workplaces that would have been, you know, an absolute hell to work in, because uh, it, yeah. seemed, it seemed cheap, it seemed um, borderline in some of those situations inappropriate, or like there wasn't really any way to talk about them was seeming really grossly disgusting about what kind of stuff inevitably would have to be said. So I just left those yeah. things out. Um, that was, that was only, that was my only real main criteria besides the fact that the movie predominantly had to be about this, the, the job or the work location. The yeah. movie had to predominantly be about one of those two things for that place to count. So that also eliminated some of my options. But with that being said, Alex, what's your number five?
1: Um, I did want to say really quickly. Oh, go ahead. We're obviously, we're obviously bitching about work. Um, we are also sort of privileged to be working right now. Yes. Um, it sucks. We're, you know, we are putting ourselves at risk, but we understand the risk. I'm certainly not as at risk as a healthcare worker, you know, in the ICU, Um, but I do want to say if anyone is, these are, these are good problems to have if, if you want to have a different perspective on it. So anyone who is out of work right now, um, I don't want (laughs) you to feel like you're, I don't know, you can't relate to this episode either. Um,
0: Yeah. We, we, we are bitching about these locations mainly as a way to vent, but yeah, I mean, I spent, um, I spent from. March of 2020 to I think October or November of 2020 unemployed mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Yep. Um, yep. and I, I am nowhere near qualified or great enough a person to be a frontline worker in, in places that are high risk that really need those kinds of people diving into them. My, my job has, my job is technically considered essential, but it is very, is very, very low risk. Um, despite the fact that people in this area, in the area that I live in are not careful at all. They are the, I live in an area which is basically a, a prime example of why a federal, mask mandate is are is debatably necessary so yeah um yep. yeah so we we make this we make these lists in jest and in, in fun um knowing knowing full well that we are we are lucky to be able to get out of our houses uh five days a week for you six days a week for me um yeah and and, and be able to have steady paychecks, not worrying about unemployment or stimulus checks. Um, to those of you that are dealing with that, uh, you know, be strong. Um, our, you know, our hearts are always with you on that.
1: Yeah. I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to, Bring that up first and foremost before anyone thinks we're being insensitive to people who may be out of work
0: right now. That that, um, that is an excellent point because as has been pointed out to me many times by many people, including my wife. I can often be insensitive without realizing. Oh, it. me,
1: me, me too, me too. Yeah. So I, I, just like to, I just like to check ourselves and you know, sh- you know, check your privilege. <laughs> so, yes, yes, um, yeah. <laughs> with all that being said, we've got all the serious stuff out of the way. Yeah. Um, my number five is, uh, you know, this is a softball, but it's horrible bosses. Um, I think this (laughs) film is hilarious. Uh, It's got just a stellar cast. Um, Jason Bateman might honestly be one of my favorite actors. Um, There's not a lot that he's bad in. Um, There's a lot of his films in particular that I could have put on this list. I could have put Extraction on this list, um, or Extract. I, I forget if it's yeah, the extract extraction, the Mike Judge film. Um, I I could have put um, uh, what's what was the one with him and Zach Braff in there? Uh, oh, the, the X. what is it? The X. Yes, the X, where he's he's in the wheelchair. Yes, um, but him playing off of Charlie Day, playing off of uh, um, Jason Sudeikis. It, Jason Sidakis, thank you I, w- I was about to say Ed Helms and I was like, I know it's not him <laughs> um, but with the addition of Jamie Foxx, you know with the addition of Jennifer Aniston with the addition of you know Colin that Farrell. not canceled uh, Kevin Spacey um
0: well I, I mean th- I don't want to call it canceled because the whole cancel culture whining pisses me off he's not cancelled he is very very appropriately lost his status and his place in Hollywood due to his bad behavior. His abhorrent, inexcusable behavior. Yeah, that's a better better way to put it. Um,
1: But, you know, I mean, I just think it's a... uh, Colin Farrell, of course, is hilarious in it. Um, I just think it's so funny. It's so... The escalation is ridiculous. The trying to hire a hitman. The... Um, hiring of a of you know the guy that does wet work and, yep. and they meet him in a hotel room and they they think he's they're hiring a hitman but he's actually going to piss on him. I mean, it's just it is a stellar stellar comedy. Yes. Um, this the sequel is is not quite as good but I still find some enjoyment on it um, mm-hmm. or some enjoyment in it. Um, but it, it didn't get to to make this list. But uh, man, well, I just. Um, Particularly Jason Bateman and Charlie Day, they, them together just really kill me, and I would love to see more of them together. Yeah. Um, My number four, and this one, you can call me out on it if you'd like. This is the one that I feel is kind of stretch, but let me explain my reasoning. Um, And it's Stranger Than Fiction, starring Will Ferrell and uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, I think. Uh, one, I just really love this film. Um, it's sort of a guilty pleasure of mine. I, it, it, I think it's, again, a film like Sorcerer's Apprentice, where I don't think it's a bad film by any means, but I think I like it a lot more than it is a good film. Mm. Um, but it was, you know, I saw it shortly after it came out, and it was the first time I saw Will Ferrell in something that wasn't side-splitting. You know, we were used yeah. to him at this point making things like Anchorman, you know, being in uh, SNL, you know, making Night of the Roxbury. You know, he he was pigeonholed as a comedic actor. And this film is certainly um, has moments of comedy, um, but it's more of a drama or a dramedy. Uh, it's more of a romantic film. Um, the reason I put it here is because, so much of I believe Will Ferrell plays uh, his character's name is Harold um, but so much of his life is the routine the mundane the go to work don't ask too many questions don't ruffle too many feathers um, and it's when he is experiencing this strange narrator in his head that he realizes that he needs to break the, the, the norm And he needs to go out and do something in which he feels fulfilled. He needs to go play guitar. He needs to go talk to the woman at the bakery. Um, I included this on my uh, movies about work (laughs) sort of list because, um, you know, like I said, I think it is about his routine and his work. But I also think all of the best scenes in this film, uh, with the exception of him and uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, her character, having dinner together at her apartment the one night um all of the best scenes take place in the character's workspace um whether it's dustin hoffman you know as the professor you know in his in his office or he meets maggie gyllenhaal in her in her bakery and and there's that really funny scene where everyone's shouting at him that he's the tax man um Mm. it's it's uh It's just a film that I really enjoy. Um, And I just like to see the breaking of conformity, the, you know, wanting to strive for more, to learn guitar, to, um, you know, do something more with your life. And I think, you know, at the end of that film, there's something very powerful in Harold realizing that he's sort of had a, somewhat unremarkable life and if the most remarkable thing he does is die then there's something sort of you know maybe poetic in that um, and he tells you know the, the author to, to finish the book you know because it's you know it's, it's, it's impeccable it's perfect um, and then you know she obviously doesn't at the um, at the sacrifice of her work because it you know, makes it somewhat less than. But you know, meeting Harold, she realizes that she has to spare him because he's this beautiful soul. And I just, I just really love the film. So it's just an opportunity for me to talk about that. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> number three is uh, is getting back more to the uh, to the workspace, um, and that would be Super Troopers. Um, <laughs> again, a um, you know a film where every so much of it is about the camaraderie and the competition of all of these police officers. And it is the epitome of people who are bad at their jobs. And, um, it's a much more comedic take than police being bad at their jobs and, you know, shooting minorities. But it's, you know, it gives us a chance to, it's, I mean, there's so many classic bits from, super troopers it's uh you are freaking out man yep. it's bite the soap bite the soap man far you know make him look like an asshole oh, fuck, give me the soap and he you know fucking bites it i just so much of that film is is so fun and so funny um you know broken lizard i, I could have put this on the on the list i could have put uh and salmon on the that, list that, although that's not a.
0: <laughs> that's I, I honestly <laughs> legitimately right now was thinking like would you seriously prefer working under crazy Michael Clark Duncan over like you prefer that over hanging out with a bunch of a bunch of guys that are gonna screw around and kind of mess with people because that like to me I immediately am like, you know what I will hang out with them and mess with potheads and cars way more than having a boss that aim at could grab me and go, Hey everyone watching me body slam this guy just to show you, I can
1: <laughs> my, um, I mean, I just have a personal affinity for super troopers. Like I'm sure so many, so many other people do, mm-hmm. um, and salmon. I feel like honestly, I saw once, you know, in an edited version on comedy central. So, I I sincerely can't speak to loving that film as as much, um, but yeah, that's my uh, that's my number three. Um,
0: no, before before you go to your number two, I have to ask because uh, this is the important question now. Mm. Which who would you rather work with, the Super Troopers, or Reno Nine One One? Oh.
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's tough. It would be Reno nine one one. It would it would one hundred percent be Reno nine one one. The, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the state, and just the fact that, the, you know, half of the cast of Reno nine one one is cast members from the state. You know, that definitely pushes it ahead. Um, but I'm thinking now about all of the characters in Reno that they come across, um, whether it be Terry, uh, oh, Terry. you know, I, I really love the, uh, the movie. I think Patton Oswald is hilarious in Reno, Nine One One Miami. Um, so yeah, the, if, ah, fuck, if I had thought about that Reno, nine, one, one, Miami, it might honestly be on this list. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah, see, for me, I would prefer work at the super troopers because I feel like with the Reno nine, one, one guys, there's more of a risk of bodily harm and or death.
1: (laughs) Oh, for sure. For Um, sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Even in just the weirdest ways. Cause one, I mean, that's one of those shows I can just turn on and just have it playing and, and be content. Um, and Mm -hmm. the, the reading Ron episode, the, the cat incident is still one of my favorite moments on the show. (laughs) But yes, the movie was fantastic. Um, yeah, and was just as perfectly stupid and over-the-top as as it needed to be. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we, Reno 911 um, had um, early pre-fame Charlie Day in it, so, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I remember I saw uh, Reno 911 Miami with two friends in high school. It was, like, you know, maybe sophomore or junior year of high school, and... They wanted to sneak into another film as we exited that film. And they wanted to sneak into Rush Hour 3. And I said, absolutely not. We are not going from this stellar fucking comedy to Rush Hour 3.
0: Why would you need to um, sneak into Rush Hour 3? It wasn't rated R.
1: <laughs> just because they didn't want to pay for another movie. Oh, okay. They wanted to sneak from one theater to another. Okay, okay. The, the,
0: the being cheap part, I get. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, the yeah. the
0: the rest of that made no sense, but the being cheap, okay, <laughs> that I get. Um,
1: but yeah, my uh, my number two. If anyone has worked in a restaurant ever in your life, you are astonished that the restaurant industry allowed Hollywood to make waiting as accurate as it is Um, (laughs) is, (laughs) if if you've worked in a restaurant industry you know every character in this film you're like oh yeah no she's the crazy one who works on Tuesdays and Thursdays oh yeah that's uh that's the guy in the kitchen that we don't we don't make eye contact with because he may, might stab us. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think waiting is, is again, just a hilarious, hilarious film. Um, I, you know, even, if even Dane cook is, is funny in that film. Um, I don't think there's anyone who, I mean, everyone is, is, escalated, everyone is a heightened version of, of what these, what these people are. Um, the bus boys who, you know, lock themselves in the, in the dry storage and, and are, are sucking on the, <laughs> the, uh, um, the whipped cream cans to, to get high. I mean, it's oh, doing whippets. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I, this is, it's the most extreme example of these people, but everyone knows, Oh yeah. I used to work at such and such restaurant and every every day this dude would come in just high as fuck. Like, you know, we all know the the, the annoying customers, we all know the, the servers who are trying their best and making shit tips and the servers who are just want to fucking stab everyone who comes through the door. And, um, I just think it's a really great film and to have, um, you know, Justin Long be kind of the audience character who's just trying his best and has this opportunity to become an assistant manager, but then he's kind of like, you know, a, sh- a shill and a schmuck, like, mm-hmm. I think is, is great, and then to have Ryan Reynolds be this really scummy, but like, super charming, um, you know, mentor character to... To carry us through the film is, is just it's it's just a great combination and and like I said it's just to anyone who's worked in the restaurant industry it's it's scary how how accurate some of some <laughs> of that stuff is um, even today where you know they we've we've done made great strides to not have people show each other their genitalia in the back of house I think there's still areas of the country even if restaurants where <laughs> Where similar things are still happening. Um, uh, yeah,
0: I feel like that's not even just a, a restaurant thing. I feel like that in general <laughs> is just something that you you strive to to improve upon at, at any <laughs> job, really.
1: Yeah, but maybe sure, that's just sure. me
0: setting standards high, I don't know.
1: <laughs> we gotta set the bar somewhere. We, yeah. we gotta have a have a standard across the board. Um, and, and, then number one, a movie that's near and dear to my heart, um, who, you know, a movie that I've watched countless times and has kind of shaped my, a lot of my, uh, I don't know, perception of, of customer service is
0: the baby's first clerks.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. What?
0: <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the baby's club movie. No, Apparently uh, I do not know clerks. you as well as I thought I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um obviously Clerks has been immensely influential to me. Um, I've watched it numerous times and and every time I sort of glean something new from it whether I feel like I you know am in that position or I'm remembering you know jobs that I've had that are like this, or I'm I'm dealing with similar customers or, you know, that day I'm feeling more like a Randall than I am a Dante or a Dante than (laughs) a Randall. Um, you know, it's just a film that still holds up so well. Um, even for, you know, at this point being, God, over, over 25 years old, um, right around there, um you know, for, for it being in black and white, for it being in one location, for it having such a small cast of characters, for it having, you know, complete amateurs at the wheel. Um, you know, I still think that the film holds up incredibly well. Um, you know, it's it has its moments where it's, you know, sort of a time capsule and maybe people don't talk the way that Randall talks anymore. You know, we don't some of the language might be a little problematic by today's standards, but I still think it's, it's just a powerhouse comedy that uh, comments so well on just feeling fucking stuck. And uh, it's just gotten me through a lot of those, those moments. So, um, yeah, those are my five. And,
0: and an excellent five they are, no question. Uh, well, yeah, uh, for, for my for my five, you'll be surprised to know, first of all, we don't have any of the same ones. There we go. Uh, because as per usual, uh, you went in a, a solid a, a solid way to do this, a way that makes sense, Uh, and I just went batshit crazy weird because I it's just what I do with my time Um, Mm -hmm. now funnily enough horrible bosses almost came onto my list um, but in the end didn't just specifically because I was like you know yes there are two uh, bosses in this that you wouldn't necessarily want to work for but at the end of the day everything about Jennifer Aniston's dentist really is dependent on if she finds you hot. I am not concerned about that. Therefore I am not worried about working for her. So as a result, I, it it did not make my list. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but let's dive in. So for my, my number five, um, involves dealing with one of the worst things in the world. Just being super social with with the entire world as a way of making money. Um, yeah. Not even being part of an evil corporation that's doing it, which you would be in this situation, but just the fact that you're having to deal with social media. But, I mean, can you really enjoy a job where you have to try to revolutionize social media, interact with a ton of coworkers in a new agey dorm sort of situation and watch John Boyega once again, get wasted by Hollywood. All of these things would be terrible. So my number five is the circle, (laughs) you know, not a, not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Mm -hmm for, for a multitude of reasons but also just a terrible place to work yeah um,
1: I'm sorry is this, is this the Tom Hanks uh, yes. film okay yeah, yes yeah. this all is right.
0: the yeah this is Tom Hanks and Patton Oswald are your villains hey, yes um, two
1: of the most likable men yes two of the most <laughs> likable men different.
0: in the world are made villains um, <laughs> yes which you know they they are not bad in those roles mm-hmm but they're working with a very bad movie to to yeah. try to pull those roles off. Um see, so, yeah, so that's my number 5. My number 4 uh goes into what is commonly considered just a terrible job for for a person to have, which is being a cab driver. You know, being a cabby that was, you know, it, there's so many things that don't seem appealing about it. <laughs> Being saddled with somebody who arrogantly thinks that you're their chauffeur all night, that's that's just the worst. Now, now there's a chance they're going to kill you? That just sucks. So number four yeah. is collateral.
1: <laughs> I knew you were where you were headed as soon as you said cab. As soon as you said the word cab, I was like, this motherfucker is not going to really talk about collateral right now. That's hilarious.
0: It's an amazing movie
1: don't oh, get me wrong.
0: Um, and, and Tom Cruise should have gotten a lot of love for his performance in that movie, not just Jamie Foxx. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't want that job. That's a shitty jo- <laughs> That's a shitty job. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just a shitty job all around. Uh, now, number three. Is there really anything worse in the world than being stuck with your family? Being, being stuck with your family... In any situation, sucks terribly. But now it's basically your job to be stuck with them. That sucks. That sucks really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, some cocky jock and some cr- and just some crazy douchebag thrown into the mix as well. Fuck that. You know, wouldn't want to deal with any of that, especially in a life and death scenario. So number three, lost in space.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. That to me, that to me is a workplace. <laughs> I told you.
1: I was like, I have no idea where this is headed. First, last one, I got it on the second word he said. This one, I'm fucking, I'm I'm, gra- I'm, trying to get there all the way to the end.
0: I legitimately in my head thought, okay, he's either going to immediately know once I start talking about working with your family, or he's confused. And either way, I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah. Honestly, Lost in Space to me is a guilty pleasure movie. Uh, yeah. It's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I <laughs> still love that film. I owned, yeah. um, I owned the uh, the action figure for um, for Matt LeBlanc's character, complete with um, the helmet that you could put on him. And I had the action figure of, of alien spider, Dr. Smith. I had, I had that thing and it, the, I was all about it. Um, I had a huge, huge crush on Lacey Sherbet after watching that movie. Um, still to this day, I, not in that movie, but, uh, present day her, um, <laughs> I, I I still look at it and go, man. You it'd be, you know, getting turned down by you would would not be the worst thing in the world. Um, I don't pretend to have self esteem. I don't have that kind of time and that kind of energy. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my number three. Uh, also, you know, terrible CGI monkey thing um, running around being annoying. Uh, Almost as bad as being stuck again on an extended period of time with your family. Um, now, number two, servitude. That sucks. Not being sure if you're committing, you know, murder, cannibalism, any of that kind of stuff. That sucks. A boss with a shitty singing voice? Fuck that. Number two is Beauty and the Beast. Let's like, hey, a plate falls and shatters. Was that an actual plate? Or was that your friend that worked in the kitchen? Do I need to mourn this? It doesn't bleed. So therefore I can't tell for sure. It's in too many pieces. So I can't tell if there was a face on it. I don't know. Oh God, the boss is singing again. Someone kill me. I don't even get paid for being here. (laughs) and I speak some truly awful workplaces. I, Hey, I am going there with this shit. I am like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to fucking do this. As literally, as soon as I saw beauty and the beast, I went, Oh, that's on the fucking list. (laughs) That is absolutely on the list. Um, I still did. Did you test the, the live action one with me? I can't remember who all I tested that one with.
1: Um, I mean, I've seen most of, if not all of, the live-action ones, so it was either with you or, or shortly after it came out on home video.
0: I just remember test-screening that one, and it got to the point where they had Beast singing his song as Bella's Leaving the Castle. She He sings the whole <laughs> song, and she still hasn't left, and I'm just like, I would have preferred being down there with her lost trying to remember how to get out of the place than listening to this fucking song. Um, yeah, that so many thoughts about that movie, so many fucking thoughts Uh about that movie. Um, but it was, I mean, it, it, it violated the Geneva convention somehow. I don't know how, but it did.
1: Does, does the beast can, is the beast considered a monster? Are we about to do, beauty and the beast for uh...
0: no we're fucking not shut up (laughs) (laughs) shut the fuck up don't give twitter any ideas this this show will not exist anymore (laughs) i am not worried i am not worried about inspiring anyone on twitter there's only like three people left listening at this point
1: (laughs) (laughs) true There are, only, True.
0: there are only three people left listening. I don't have to worry about them. Juicy, we're not doing fucking Beauty and the Beast, so shut your goddamn mouth right now. Do not text me about it. There. That's one-third of our listeners right now dealt with. Andy, if you made it this far, I'm sorry. There. There's, t- there's two out of three. The third person, I don't know who you are, but thank you for being supportive
1: he can't hear you anymore. He fell asleep with a playing. So
0: really my loud, my loud grating voice is going to put someone's ass to sleep. I don't fucking think so. But Hey, my number one, it's time for my number one. Um, you know, working in shitty conditions sucks. Uh, working in shitty conditions with people that are kind of, Exhausting to be around sucks. Getting stuck in a position where you're basically guaranteed that you're going to die, that sucks. Having to stand around a bunch of people in your underwear? Awkward. My number one is Alien. Alien.
1: That's good. I mean that's good. That is a that is a dangerous work environment. Like
0: that is one hundred percent a work environment. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. part of the problem is that John Hurt Basically the first half of John Hurt's career is him being guys who make really dumb fuck decisions. That usually <laughs> get them killed. Yeah. And then the second and then the second half of his career is being the old guy. Telling people not to do the dumb shit that's going to get them killed. Um, This was still in the getting himself killed era. I mean, technically, if he had just not been so stupid, that would have been fine. But regardless, um, and I know me, I'm not surviving an alien. No. If if someone tells, if I see an alien egg, I am writing my will. Because I know I'm dying. I know that even if, even if I were to like get in my car and drive away and I checked my car before getting into it, I know even then all of a sudden I'm going to have alien hands wrap around me and somehow I'm sitting in the lap of the alien. I somehow didn't fucking notice like I'm dying. It's a sure thing. It's guaranteed.
1: You You just use their hand as the seatbelt.
0: Yeah. I'm sitting there trying to put put its hands together like it's a seatbelt. Uh, somebody, somebody with better effects work than I'm capable of, please, please make that bit now because that that would just be so much fun to watch. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my number one. I mean, working on the Nostromo that would be a, a fucking nightmare. I, I mean, the place is badly lit even before shit goes down um yeah. there's like no space because they made the all the ducts crawl you know easily crawl and sit in size <laughs> so there's like no fucking space in that place um mm-hmm. and then yeah like I still I'm still not entirely positive if every single day to go to bed they all have to go into a room together stripped down to their underwear awkwardly try not to look at each other as they get into their, their pods and and then do that all again the next day. I I legitimately to this day do not know. And I've watched all but the second alien versus predator movie. So I've basically seen all the alien movies at this point. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my number one. Um, I That's feel. A list. It's a I, solid list. I feel a little bit better about my job going through my list. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, I feel about the same. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I feel a little more willing to to get through my day. Like like your your list is relatable. My list is like your your list is is the like the the merry list. My list is the kill list. <laughs> If we had a third person, they would have made the the list that you fuck. <laughs> is essentially is essentially what we have here. Um, yeah. If if we're being completely honest with it, but yeah, I feel a little bit more like I can face uh, going into work tomorrow. So yeah. that's nice.
1: I guess I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to battle any aliens or I don't know have a.
0: be worried about turning into a candlestick anytime soon yeah I mean I'm re-looking at my list and I I don't have to worry about any of this stuff and re-looking at your list um, (laughs) you know I don't have to worry about any of it Um, and I mean there's literally no women at my job so I'm not getting sexually harassed anytime soon so um, (laughs) not that that would really be the deciding factor whether or not there's women at the job but still uh, unlikely (laughs) So guys, it is time for, uh, our new, our new thing that we do here. It's time to talk WandaVision. Episode three. Uh, we were in the, what was it? The seventies with this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, doing a little, uh, doing a little Brady bunch and what was the other way too big family? The Partridge family. Uh, doing, doing a little bit of a combo of those guys. Um, Shit got weird, in mm-hmm. a much bigger way.
1: Shit got very weird.
0: Yeah, um, and I, I get, I get a lot of people are getting annoyed because we're three episodes into a show that's, what nine episodes I think. Yeah, I believe I'll, so. I'll double check that, but we're we're a, regardless, we're at at the at the bare minimum, we are a third of the way through the show, and it appears that little to nothing has happened. I, Which, I understand people's being upset about that. Uh, but what I would argue is that there is so much weirdness to this um, that it's, it's hard to say for a fact that nothing has happened. Yeah. Plus, it's also, it's that whole... It's the whole reality of, of realization where if, if we were where we were in this episode, in episode one, then by now it would, we'd we'd be, we'd be finding it ridiculous that Wanda hasn't figured out what's going on and broken herself out of it yet. Yeah. So yeah. there is a pacing thing to it. It's kind of like um, one of the things that I love about the, the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo novel is I think you're like two-thirds of the way through the book before they finally get a clue that helps them progress in any capacity in the case.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, which I loved because I was like, yeah, this is, this is a decades and decades old mystery. They're not going to figure it out in chapter three or four. They're not going to start making progress that's just not realistic um so i do i do like that things aren't heavily progressing i like that we've been kind of lulled into a false sense of security uh Mm -hmm. to the point where when she starts doing her sokovian lullaby um just in doing that it puts us all on edge. Yeah, um, the the playing with aspect ratios has been like it's a weird like your eyes don't necessarily immediately see it, but you mm. you sense some you sense the changes that make everything weird. And...
1: Yeah, it's. It, I think it's. I think we're at an incredible point in the series um, because for people who you know, might say it's a slow burn. I think so far it has been a bit of a slow burn, but these episodes are 20 minutes piece. Um, which, you know, they move relatively fast and yeah. a, a whole hell of a lot could happen in, in 20 minutes. And, you know, for the people who are saying not a lot's happened, we still have six more of these coming and there's, there's yeah. a whole lot that could happen really fast. Um, I think it's been really, really well paced at this point. Um, I think we are going to see more. um, I'm I'm really interested to see what this series looks like upon a rewatch. Because I I think even for all the things we're looking into now in these first three episodes, I think even more is going to be illuminated over the course of, you know, having all nine episodes to go back and binge at once. I think we're going to glean more from the, from the commercials. I think we're going to glean more from, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what the characters say and, you know, how they interact with one another. Um, I think this was the perfect time to break down a little bit of this world and allow vision to realize that something is happening. Um, I'm sort of, you know, and I think they're trying to play with this expectation so it could be turned on its head, you know, the very next episode. Um, But for, for all of us thinking that Wanda was a prisoner of some sort, you know, she could very well be the person holding all of these people here.
0: Um, Absolutely.
1: I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of played with whenever she manipulates vision that she could be the cause of all this. Um, and that's driven home in the, you know, in that final scene where she throws, um, Geraldine, you know, Monica Rambeau, you know, out of this town and into the real world where, you know, sword comes and picks her up. Um, I think it's, it's just, it's just fascinating to see where this series is going to go. It's really fun to see these actors again, you know, have the time to play in the space and not be rushed from set piece to set piece. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really, uh, it was really fun to have, uh, you know, Elizabeth Olsen, Sort of, she is really hamming it up in this episode. You know, when she's going through the contractions in the kitchen, I mean, it is old style sitcom. You know, I, I'm, you know, making the most out of every bit of this this scene. You know, I'm I'm playing it up quite a bit. Yeah, um, but it, it, but I,
0: it's also the it's also what makes it work in in essence. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it's it is one hundred percent realistic that she is um, that that she is behaving as she is um, because if you've ever watched any any shows from that era, she is nailing the the energy, the the performance, the presence. The delivery, like, she's nailing every little detail about what you expect to see from people on these shows.
1: Yeah. So. No, I I agree, I do. I, I think she's playing in the space remarkably well. And I think the, it's just really, really fun to see more and more of this world sort of, be revealed, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we're out on the lawn with Vision, and he's looking over at, at Herb, and you know the background looks, you know, doesn't look great, but you're just like, well, it's just focused kind of poorly, mm-hmm. um, and then you know by the by the third act when you realize that the backdrops are just painted and there's nothing beyond Herb's Herb's lawn, uh, it just you know it's it's very unsettling how how fictional this world actually is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when he has uh, um, the doctor and he's like, you know, I hope we didn't ruin your vacation. He's like, oh, I don't think we're going to leave. You know, small town's so hard to get away and says it very ominously. And there's still the laugh track behind it. And Paul Bettany plays it so perfectly of like I uh, know I understood what you said like I understood this the sinister you know nature of that and you know it, it almost felt as if he heard the laugh track and felt unnerved by it um I just think that everyone's doing a really really fantastic job on this series
0: oh no question no question at all and here's here's what I want to ask you because I, I did bring this up um on, on Twitter, the, the day the episode came out, uh, when he goes to sit down with Wanda and he's talking about how things seem off, things seem weird, thing, things seem wrong, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it cuts and it's him doing it again, but in a more cooperative way, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, yeah. Is it just me, or when he's talking about how things are a little bit wrong, as he's sitting down, it seems like he looks dead into, dead down the barrel of the camera.
1: Oh, I didn't catch that.
0: Like, I, I, I need to go back and I need to rewatch the moment because it legitimately seems like for a moment that he goes and looks down the barrel of the camera, like he's breaking the fourth wall. Um, yeah. But it also, to me, it adds the biggest question to me is the one that nobody's asking right now. Which is if vision has not somehow been brought back to life like if if he is somehow not if he is if this isn't vision essentially, then who is it? yeah, and that's the big question uh um, yeah so but I think we'll I think we'll find out more about that, but i think uh I think things are fantastic. We're about to go into what the eighties. Uh, with the next episode, so I'll be curious to see what exactly we uh, tap into show-wise with the 80s. Um, Yeah.
1: I think Elizabeth Olsen was... Someone was uh, brought it up to Elizabeth Olsen that, you know, how she might feel about the 80s or 90s sort of tackling the full house aesthetic and what she might bring to that with her sisters being on, you know, her sisters being on there. And, uh, I think that'll be fun to play with. And I see, yeah. I wonder if they'll do any sort of like wink and a nod to- towards that.
0: Yeah. The last thing I want to say is I think what this show is real, the, the big, the biggest thing to me that this show is giving us right now is, you know, people, people like to shit on uh, not just Marvel movies, but big franchise films in general but mm-hmm. what we're getting to see right now is we're getting to see a chance for these two actors, who are phenomenal actors, to really showcase their talent and range in a mainstream oh, yeah. setting where everyone gets to see it and appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you for know, sure.
0: I think this series it has the potential of opening up some doors for for us to get more work given thrown towards Paul Bettany that he normally doesn't get that he should be cuz as much as as much as I like Benedict Cumberbatch there is some stuff that he gets that Paul Bettany could get and st- and yeah. do, like there's the tr- the the movie coming out called The Courier that absolutely could be Paul Bettany
1: mm-hmm.
0: and still be solid um yeah so but yeah so that's my that's uh, my last big thing on that one um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how episode four looks. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Very excited.
1: Um, um, yes, I am as well.
0: Um, so yeah, we just want to do a couple, uh, more, a uh, couple more things here, wrap up. Uh, first, uh, today we had the unfortunate passing of, uh, Cloris Leachman. Uh, amazing award, you know, Emmy and Oscar winning actress. Um, best known, um, by by some for her, her hysterical role in Young Frankenstein. Uh, she also was in uh, numerous TV shows throughout throughout the years. Um, everyone has seen her in something. Is is the reality? Is the the odds yeah. of you, uh, the odds of you watching, being a regular TV or movie watcher and never seeing anything with her in it is unlikely. Yeah, <laughs> and she was just brilliant uh no no question no debate she she could deliver in pitch perfect ways she could stand her own with any you know with anyone any day of the week comedically and hold her own if not outshine them um she was just an amazing amazing talent that um that basically just kept working uh, until now and um you know it's heartbreaking our, our thoughts are with family and friends on this and we you know she she will be missed for sure
1: yeah um, yeah we were speaking earlier we were talking earlier you know at least i was about broken lizard i mean that is one of the things that like first comes to my mind when i think of her i always sleep a little better with a little sausage in me like she is hysterical as the the two sons grandmother
0: yeah <laughs> yeah. She's she's just fantastic. Um bottom yeah. line. Um yeah. But stepping stepping past that, um we we got more news on on Borderlands, the 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 film version. Uh joining Eli Roth as the director and Kate Blanchett as Lilith is uh Kevin Hart as Roland. This is already a astoundingly
1: bizarre assemble <laughs> as of, of director and, and, and cast Nothing for, for, for just having three people announced. It's bizarre.
0: It's amazing that we've had three announcements and all three of them. My, the, the immediate response from anyone, I, anyone that I know who is an avid Borderlands player, mm-hmm. the immediate answer is no. <laughs> no, none of these. None of these work. Yeah. You know, um, th- like Kate Blan. Like Kate Blanchett does not make sense. Eli Roth is completely wrong. Um, Kevin Hart makes no. Is almost borderline irresponsible as a choice for that role. Um, and the idea that Kevin Hart and um, Kate Blanchett are going to be char- playing characters who are romantic, that are supposed to, it's it, at some point in their history, be romantically involved with each other is hilarious yeah. in all the wrong ways. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I and, and just, just to put my position out there, if it's not the original voice actor voicing claptrap, Clap it not only is it wrong, but this movie officially needs to go fuck itself. <laughs> um, like right now, this movie is just really struggling to sell me on it. But if they 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 don't have much further they can stray before it's just full on go to hell. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I need to. I'm either going to make you hang out here for a weekend and play through the franchise or I'm just going to buy you the entire franchise so that way you'll just you'll you'll absorb all of them so that way we can talk about this franchise <laughs> at, at full at full length cuz I've got yeah, I've, yeah basically with the exception of this um, second season pass that's uh, come out for Borderlands 3 that's the, that's the only thing I don't have Borderlands wise video games I have the the 4 base games, I have Tales from the Borderlands I have all the DLC for 1, 2, and Pre-Sequel uh, and the majority of the DLC for the third one, um, this is a franchise I love, you know, obviously uh, if you haven't w- listened to our episode where we talk about adapting video games, give it a listen because this is one of the ones I talk about um, with with my plan that I think is way better than what we're getting right now so um, get you can give that one a listen uh, yeah but, but with that guys, um, that's, that's pretty much it. next week uh, next week our plan is to do what we were going to do that this week. And uh, that what it is, if any of you want to uh, watch the film ahead of time to, uh, to be on the same page as us, we are going to be covering the document the 2010 documentary Clean Flicks. Uh, this is a documentary about the, uh, the Utah based movement. Towards uh, editing and redistributing Hollywood films uh, for anyone who wants them watered down, and the 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 the, the effect that it had on um, basically the whole state of Utah uh, for, for this stuff happening to it. Uh, fascinating documentary. Uh, I watched it on Tubi. Uh, give me, give me two seconds here while we talk. I'm going to double check because it might be on prime video as well, but it is on Tubi, which honestly, if you don't have Tubi, um, you should, it's actually got a, a a really fun and oftentimes like middle of nowhere variety to it of, of what it has
1: that's that's where we watched uh I saw the devil correct
0: yeah I think that's also where we watched that yeah yeah so it definitely has an you know a pretty
1: unique offering if you are okay with sitting through a couple commercials
0: yeah you have to watch the occasional commercial to, to watch stuff on there but honestly in my opinion it's worth it um, yeah
1: yeah I mean the films aren't you know edited or, or you know, it's not a it's not a TV editor or anything. It's it's just like watching Hulu with ad breaks or, or exactly. whatever else.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's basically just yeah. It's Hulu with ads. Um, but it's but um, it's a it's a really weird. It's a really eclectic variety, uh, and they really know who they are because they literally have a category <laughs> called Not on Netflix, which just, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, that's um, a good burn. <laughs> but. They've, they've got some they've got some really interesting middle like weird you didn't know they exist documentaries um, and, and just a bunch of other stuff but yeah we're they also have the the movie clean flicks which is what we're gonna be c- uh, covering in our next week's episode uh, get ready it's going to be one with a lot of um, harsh strong worded opinions Yeah. Um, <laughs> Along with um, lots of swearing, uh, so I'm just gonna just gonna warn you guys about that right now. That's gonna happen whether you like it or not. Um, but yeah, so if you want to watch the movie uh, to be ready for the episode, then um, by all means do it. It's a the movie is only about 90 minutes, so it's an, it's a quick watch for a film. Um, you know, it's about the length of two of those episodes of a TV show that you're binging because you. Felt like you had time for that and not watching a movie. So, you know, and I say that as one of those people, uh, just to make that clear. Um, but yeah, so guys, that is the, uh, that's the episode. Uh, if you have thoughts, if you have, um, you know, if you have a workplace and a movie that you would hate to work in, or maybe one that you would absolutely love, uh, you know, let us know uh, hit us up on twitter at movieswork or movies after work at gmail.com uh, you know if you guys have some ideas for monster movies that you think we should cover during monster movie march you can leave those that stuff there for us as well uh, and if you guys want to listen to uh, previous episodes of this show you can always find us on spotify apple podcasts um, stitcher pod a bunch of other places And if you go anywhere to listen to your podcast that has the ability for you to rate and review shows, please, please, please do us a kind favor and give us a rating and a review. It is always helpful for helping get the show out there, so that way we can have more than just uh, you, Aaron, and Andy listening right now. So (laughs) probably should be talking about this at the beginning of the episode. Maybe I'll learn. Maybe I won't. But... um, (laughs) But that being said, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. I am Thomas.
1: And I am Alex.
0: Be kind, be safe, and have a good day at work.
1: Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.